0: Hello, humans. This is Jesse, aka The Bizzle, and welcome to my audio commentary for Captain America the Winter Soldier. This movie's amazing, and it's definitely the superhero movie for people who don't like superhero movies. But what's even crazier is that people who do love superhero movies, including me, have this very, very much at the top of the list. Along with the Avengers movies, some might say the Dark Knight movies, not so much for me. But Cap's the only superhero in this, and I'm going to keep this intro pretty short, because... I love talking about what goes on in the movie, but Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson as co-leads absolutely kill it from a dramatic and comedic standpoint, are fully three-dimensional, and it's a very dark story. There are echoes of the NSA and Edward Snowden, to say the least. I've often remarked since the beginning of the Bizzle cast about the similarity of Edward Snowden, what Cap and uh, Black Widow and company do in this movie dumping all the intelligence onto the internet but it's also the best action movie since the matrix movies and it's really not even close the choreography is ridiculous but as much action as there is the scenes themselves are are, are fairly reasonable and and the uh, you know the character interactions between what's mainly a five-person cast when you include Samuel L. Jackson, Anthony Mackie, and Kobe Smolders, Very family-like feel, and otherwise very dark movie. This takes some tropes from Bourne, but I think makes Bourne look, you know, fairly amateurish. And I like those movies, and some of, you know, the copycat movies, I guess, are okay. But this just takes the good parts of that, and that's Chris Evans, and... As I've mentioned before, as a comic book reader growing up who didn't read much Captain America, I never really realized that, you know, he's Captain America, but he's not Captain the United States government. In fact, he regularly disagrees with both the U.S. and world governments in the movies and the comic books. In Civil War, he's going to be a fugitive from the law from the United States for moral and ethical, pragmatic reasons. So, you know, he represents what we want or wish this country would be. And when you add his performance, you, you know, you're totally in. And that's why I think Civil War, which is Avengers-level epic in terms of characters and, and story scope and budget, but the smallness of this movie, despite the stakes, is really what distinguishes it. If you're listening to this, you've probably seen the movie before. I hope you watched the movie first. So I'm going to count this down in a second. Go to 000 on the DVD or digital file. Put the subtitles on, maybe a little ambient sound so you can hear the music and some you know some of the sound from the
1: movie. and cue it up. I'm about to go. Here we go. Three, two, one, play Okay, people. Welcome to Captain America: The Winter Soldier. One of the best, if not the
0: best, Marvel Comics movie arguably the best superhero movie of all time, but as we will see, it is also the least comic booky um of any superhero movie that we've seen. And it might be a coincidence and that might be part of why this is so great. Even as a comic book fan, I love the comic bookiness of the Avengers
1: movies. There's something really special about this, and we will go through all the reasons why that is the case. So,
0: most great movies sell the entire movie with the first scene and this is one of those cases there's three major heroes we are introduced to two of them here and the third black widow in a minute is a little study here on uh, as cap runs through the capital this is set in dc although it was not filmed all in dc as we will get to
1: but <laughs> you have to wonder if this has happened before because he's really screwing with Anthony
0: Mackie, who is one of the many reasons that makes this movie so goddamn special. His supporting performance seems like so much more. So here they're selling everything. Captain America, nice guy, doesn't mind screwing with other
1: people, has a feeling of connection with Anthony Mackie. So, I should say, even though I grew
0: up being really a giant Marvel fan... Um, It took me a while to get into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, into the movies, and part of that's because of Iron Man, because I loved Iron Man growing up. It was the comic book I read most along with um, the X-Men comic books, and Robert Downey Jr. is so hilarious and so brilliant in it. But because Iron Man 2 was pretty lame and... I wasn't into Thor or Cap growing up. And so the fact that Thor and Captain America were going to be, you know, two of the big three, basically, along with Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark or Iron Man. I wasn't sold on them immediately, and I really regret not seeing the first Thor or first Captain America movie in the theaters. But what was even more crazy is I did not see the first Avengers in the theater. I do not know why. I'd like to come up with some excuse being such a marvel nerd growing up, and knowing it was just. we didn't oh, this is great, by the way, all the things he's missed: Nirvana, Rocky, Star Wars, Star Trek, Thai Food. Uh, they actually made different lists for different regions of the world that had like cultural uh, references.
1: <laughs>
0: Immediately are bonding. <laughs> See, Anthony Mackey is just a perfect combination of cocky, confident, just lovable. It's like he puts on the cockiness for a show, for a sense of humor. Nails it as a character. And if you watch the Behind the scenes with uh, Anthony Mackie, that's actually how he is in real life. Talk about cut the check. <laughs> we'll get back to that. And here's Scarlett Johansson. My God. So, I watched The Avengers when it came out on Blu-ray, and that got me into this. And after Avengers launched what they called Phase 2, and this was one of the first... Uh, no, it was sort of mid-release of the six Phase 2 movies. So, uh, Iron Man 3 had been before this, which was pretty good, not great. But I saw the previews for this. I was like, okay, I can avoid this no longer. Plus, I had fallen in love with both Chris Evans and... Well, I, I had already been in love with Scarlett Johansson since Lost the Translation 15 years ago, but I fell in love with her as Black Widow. In the first Avengers movie, I never thought Captain America would be a compelling character... He's an extremely compelling character because of Chris Evans' performance, because of the writing. But this movie takes it to a whole new level. The first movie, he basically had just come in out of ice and wasn't exactly sure what the hell was going on. And now we see that he's been beating bad guys, or, 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 you know, under the impression that he's been beating bad guys for a while. We will find out that that is not really the case later on. Him and Scarlett work together, we could tell from their little jokey relationship right from the beginning that they've been working together and that they've developed a relationship although that will evolve greatly over the course of this movie for many reasons so they have a secure channel between them there's no excess in this movie i talk about this in braveheart i'm not gonna say this is as good as braveheart but it's you know almost as perfectly executed every line every look the shots are perfect The drama is low key because this is a very dark story, as we will see, you can't have the goofy jokiness of the Avengers movies, but you had to maintain that same, you know, Robert Downey Jr. esque quippy humor that comes straight from the comic books. right, okay. And so, you know, the Anthony Mackie scene happened so quickly, I didn't even get to talk about it, and all of a sudden we're on Cap's first mission, and this was so important to establish that Cap has not only been doing missions, but clearly been training, learning all sorts of new martial arts and fighting skills, and you know infiltration abilities, stealth abilities. He's got a new stealth suit. He's still got the shield, though. Not crazy CGI in this movie until the end, but the stuff on the ship just looks amazing, climbing up the anchor. So I've seen a little bit of behind the scenes on this, and there's a lot of action in this movie. I'm not going to go to uh, <laughs> director's commentary um on this film. Actually, I haven't watched the director's commentary. I've just seen some clips. So the shield throws are something that, you know, apparently were huge in the comic book. I didn't read much Cap or Avengers growing up, but I know that people who love Cap love the shield throws. Doesn't really do it in Avengers. I didn't notice because he was so great with his other fighting and his
1: bravery. But my god the shield throws in this movie just are just amazing. The <laughs>
0: mechanics of the shield throwing really doesn't become kind of semi believable until
1: uh, Avengers Age of Ultron which came out a couple years after this which I also love and we'll get back to the Avengers movies. It's not clear at this point if there's a magnet or it's you know I think it's just more
0: of a like a boomerang. He knows how to throw it and it it's even though it looks perfectly round it's actually shaped in such a way where it will come back to you see watch yeah you can see that it's just, where's the shield where's the shield where's the shield oh here it is but hovering for a while there but who cares it looks amazing so <laughs> i'm not going to comment too much of the specifics of this scene yeah, this is great. He takes out everyone but one guy, and maybe help for one. Yeah, he seem pretty helpless without me. The guy who plays Romlo, that dude, you can almost immediately tell it's a bad guy, even though they're trying to set him up as a good guy. Oh, here we go. Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson, trying to set him up on dates. She's multitasking. She's so great. One of the reasons I love this movie is because the two of them are so fabulous in both Avengers movies. But together, when they share the screen, she's really the co-lead. I know it's called Captain America the Winter Soldier, and it's from his perspective for the most part, but it's a co-lead movie, and they both raise each other's games. They have immediate chemistry that's flirty but
1: not sexual. It's absolutely perfect. So... As I've mentioned in past podcasts, and
0: most recently in uh, BizzleCast 19, which was my Matrix Reloaded commentary, another one of my favorite movies, I talk about how the Matrix series, but the Matrix Reloaded, specifically the Matrix Reloaded, has the best hand-to-hand combat ever choreographed, performed, and found in history. And I didn't know what's even a close second. And for me, I mean, look at this. Scarlet just taken out guys see people die in this movie the big criticism of Marvel is a they don't have a lot of great villains this one actually has two great villains and b you know you don't actually see a lot of people die Uh, there's a lot of talk of people dying it's not like the Dark Knight movies or even the newer Superman movies which I haven't seen but apparently there's a lot of civilian casualties this goes back to my PG-13 thing whatever we can talk about that later you know Cap is always trying not to kill People, but in this movie, he is not afraid to take people out if that's the only way to save other innocent people. I love that they still use the stun guns even with the guns. It's so effective. This is great. I mean, look, this is like SEAL Team Six shit. You just don't see this, and you combine this with Cap's hand-to-hand fighting. And <laughs> oh, by the way, this is directed by Joe and Anthony Russo, who are basically two of the co-founders/slash writers/slash producers of community, which is a really goofy but smart comedy that I never watched much, but always appreciated. And I didn't know until after this movie was made that was the case. They make, you know, a movie that makes the boring movies look very amateurish, at least from an action standpoint, in my opinion. The way they set up this, you know, they have just enough guys and angles to get everyone. (laughs) I love Black Widow's behind schedule. And here she's multitasking. Uh, again, this is, uh, you know, what's great is, as I talked about with Keanu Reeves, you put someone in a full black bodysuit and then do something with their hair or the sunglasses, you can have stunt doubles pretty easily. But they found an amazing stunt double that looks like Scarlett Johansson, which seems impossible because, forget how beautiful her face is, she's got, you know, Marilyn Monroe-esque body. I don't know how Scarlett gets her body to work like an assassin, it would seem physically impossible, but... They really sell it. And, you know, I've always believed in Scarlett from the beginning, even when she did some mediocre movies or or took some parts that weren't perfect. Here it comes. This is, like,
1: straight from Call of Duty. I love this shit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So this guy here, Betrock, who's sort of the leader of the terrorists,
0: he's a, a ultimate fighting guy. So he did all his stunts. And uh, even though the fight with him and Cap is a little gratuitous in terms of how long he could survive, uh, the guy is such an amazing fighter in, in real life and in the movie that you totally buy that, that he would give Cap a little bit of a... at least cause Cap to sweat a little bit, I suppose. Uh, Petrarch is from the comics, apparently. I, um, read some of the Winter Soldier stuff after this movie. I wasn't familiar with it. It's a pretty...
1: Okay. I don't want to talk too much during this fight. This fight's fucking unbelievable. So, yeah. So, this is the guy saying, George, saying something. He's, he's playing batrock here. He's
0: doing all this stuff himself. And what's great about the fight look at this, all that flipping. I think that's all that guy doing it. And this, is, this was great. And this in some ways, this moment is where you buy cap, even on top of all the incredible stuff we've seen him do already. He's not afraid to take a challenge, put away the shield. See, he doesn't use the shield because he's scared. He uses the shield because he's a way more effective soldier with it. What's great about this is you think it's going be like a 10-minute battle without the shield, and he just fucking kicks Patroc's ass. Oh, my God. That spitting reverse flip kick to the face is
1: amazing. And then that didn't work. So here it is. This is a split. This is the beginning of everything not being right in the
0: world for Steve Rogers. <laughs> Back up your stuff. It's a good habit. So anyways, as I was saying, in the last few years, Scarlett Johansson, I mean, the combination of roles that she's played, to go from this to, to the voice of Samantha and her to that indie um, alien flick she did, which I totally haven't seen yet, which is supposed to be amazing. Under the skin, everyone says
1: it's incredible. She's like a... She's an alien who seduces and kills men, basically, but supposedly very well done. The Avengers movies, she's so natural, and she
0: ties everything together. Not just because she's the only woman, although we are finally with Elizabeth Olsen and others, we're going to start seeing more women, but... She's the heart and soul. She's the least superpowery with Hawkeye. She really doesn't have like t- superpowers from the traditional sense, so as badass and as you know, she is, as much of a ridiculous assassin as she is, she's sort of the audience. Here's the Triskelion. This I definitely do about in the comic book, Shield Headquarters. Oh man, they make that look so real out there in the Potomac. In design interior and exterior is phenomenal. Okay. <laughs> Samuel Jackson, he has a way, when it's the right movie and the right role, of just owning it. And he has owned director Fury from the beginning. He had to sell S.H.I.E.L.D. As, with small cameos in the first couple Iron Man movies to get the S.H.I.E.L.D. plotline moving. They knew they weren't going to get to it until Phase 2, and this is where it comes to a head. And I love that him and Cap. Continue not to see eye to eye, if you will, or eyes to eye. Uh, like in Avengers, Cap is very suspicious of authority, even though he's working for authority. He he likes transparency. He likes knowing that he's doing the thing he's being told to do, or that he thinks he's supposed to be doing. And we can see that Fury continues to keep secrets from. But Nick Fury in the comic book is white. Who fucking cares? Samuel L. Jackson owns this role. I am hoping that in the comic books they portray him as black. Now I'm sure because of synergy. They are doing so. And, okay, and so this is what makes a movie great, is this scene. So it's just kinetic, fighting, 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 fighting. And then you got this scene. Little things. They're not going anywhere. That's a green screen behind them. But it looks like they're going down. You can tell they're going down. So,
1: this sells
0: Nick Fury's motivations. And, you know the fact that he's sort of a black dude from the hood is implied very strongly works for the character but because samuel l himself is a very strong and brilliant black dude who i don't know if he's from the hood but i'm sure he knows plenty of people who are i mean he he's a very empowered black actor whatever his backgrounds
1: he talks about how his grandfather's a nice guy who uh, ran elevators, but when the neighborhood started to
0: change for the worse, he was still a nice guy at the elevators, but he carried again. And that's a great transition. He's grabbed that as a 22. Sam, uh, Nick Ferry has three helicarriers. Oh my God, they look great. This is all CGI. It looks spectacular. I wonder what the the Matrix movies could have done with this level of technology, but we won't talk about that. This looks amazing. Again, is that a CGI human? Don't even know. That's how good it is these days. And this is a movie where the amount of practical effects helps sell CGI that doesn't really need much
1: selling, but you're almost excited to see the CGI, whereas normally
0: there's just so much of it you get sick of it. I don't know how they did this. I mean, there's this is all green screens here. I think obviously they the helicarriers, the repulsor engines. Okay, so there's all these little callbacks, as always with Marvel movies. So these new engines, you know, are like energy powered. They're not rotors like the helicarrier that was almost destroyed in the Avengers. Cap asks, you know, was Stark involved? Iron Man and uh, Ed Fury says he got a close look at him and had some suggestions, as we know in The Avengers, he almost got torn to pieces in one of the rotors of the helicarrier. See, okay, and this is why this movie is brilliant, and I'm going to try and communicate this by posting online. I might write an an article, but Cap, you know, ends up being essentially Edward Snowden, or or at least in line with Edward Snowden's ideals. Right, he says this isn't freedom, this is fear. You know? You're gonna hold a gun to everyone on earth and call that freedom, you're gonna call that security. Yeah, that's great. Fury tries the hard sell with Cap, but Cap's gonna do what he wants to do, and this stresses his Americanness on the motorcycle, it stresses his freedom, he's not wearing a helmet, it doesn't matter, if he crashes he'll be fine. And it's Chris (laughs) Evans, he's in a helmet a lot, so when you can get the hair, the blonde hair going, you gotta get it gone. And again, this scene just fits in perfectly, we had that amazing action scene with the Smithsonian. And, God, I'm not gonna have enough time in this movie to talk about everything. Okay, so the idea in 2015 of seeing a Captain America exhibit at the Smithsonian actually makes sense in the real world. And we're going to see a boy in a minute who's very cute and plays his line, who plays his little look well, who recognizes cap, who's wearing the cap t-shirt, the blue cap t-shirt with the shield. And I see that shield shirt as I'm um, short. You guys have everywhere, men, women, kids, adults, black, white, Latina, whatever, see the cap shirts everywhere. I never would have guessed that. Even though Iron Man makes the most money in his movies historically, although I think that's going to change with Cap 3 next year. We'll get to that at some point. There's the boy that we, that's the t-shirt you see everywhere. Cap has become the cult figure. I mean, to see, you know, little um black girls and little latino boys running around with Captain America t-shirts is just so amazing. It says how far our country has come on so many levels because he is the all-American, you know, blonde, blue-eyed white guy, but when I never realized growing up, and this is his friend Bucky, who will obviously come back as the Winter Soldier later,
1: um, who he thinks died, and this obviously critical to this story and will be critical going forward in the in the Marvel movies. Ah, Peggy Carter, his lump from
0: the, his uh, love from the war, World War Two, and we never got to end up with and now she's old and decrepit as we'll see in the heartbreaking scene coming up next where he's with her and she has alzheimer's and we don't know how many times he's gone and she never recognizes him really really just tears out your heartstrings in a a very real way but what i never realized growing up because i wasn't reading a lot of cap is that cap is patriotic cap loves america but not for the reasons that are normally associated with patriotism he loves the ideals of america he is an old school american he's a george washington guy he's an abraham lincoln guy he believes in freedom respecting human dignity and human rights in america being a beacon unto the world democracy true democracy no corruption So, this is always a problem with Cap, is he is fighting, um, well, in in the movies, he's already become an international hero, obviously, because of the Avengers, but, you know, he is fighting for America, he is fighting for innocent people everywhere, but he's not fighting for the country of America, he's fighting for the people
1: of America and what the country represents or should should represent. Yeah. This is so great. I mean, Haley Atwell, see, this is what makes the Marvel movies
0: so special. <laughs> and if I use that light a lot, I'm sorry, but I just love the Marvel movies. Even the worst ones, like the Second Thor movie, are still really entertaining. And the best ones, like this, and the Avengers movies, are some of the best, you know, action sci fi movies or any movies ever. Haley Atwell has played so many different versions of herself. She's in Cap 1, where she's a tough woman trying to survive among all those men who has authority but still has to deal with being a woman in the 1940s but ultimately has a soft side for steve who innately respects everyone i mean steve's biggest problem is that he respects people he shouldn't and it ends up making them feel guilty about themselves sometimes like we see here with peggy feeling like shield which she helped star She's already hinting that things aren't aren't going where they should be going. Oh, this is... Yeah, Leave My Best Girl owes Me a Dance. That's a callback to the first movie. Which, in retrospect, I like the first movie a lot more and have to rewatch it because it's a World War II piece. And once I got Cap's character somewhat in The Avengers, but definitely when I saw this, how much more complicated he was than just uh, America fuck yeah guy, in fact, he, you know, America's his country, but he's fighting for people, he's not fighting for governments, or he doesn't want to be fighting for governments, and even though he has been via S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah, I mean, right, Fury tried to brush off Cap's
1: accusations earlier, but he took them to heart, and... You know, that was
0: information that Scarlet uh, downloaded from the ship. Dirty intel. They're going to try and frame it on Fury, but ultimately Fury is just going to be getting onto um, Hydra, which is the rogue Nazi science division from World War II that Cap was fighting against, led by the Red Skull, played by Hugo Weaving in the first movie. A way over-the-top villain, but very scary because... In the comics, as in the movies, well, Red Skull is is eviler than Hitler
1: uh, in some ways, which is both comical and scary. Here's Robert Redford. But yeah, really quickly, back to Hayley Atwell. So she had her own season of, you know, Agent Carter.
0: I'm not sure if that's being renewed, along with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I did not watch it, but I heard it was quite good. She is beautiful in an amazing way. She's tough. She's sensitive. Extremely smart extremely motivated but she is un uncom- or was i should say she you know she used to be as uncompromising as Fury and and uh Pierce here um are uh, Alexander Pierce played by Robert Redford Robert Redford's one of those old school actors that people from my parents generation generally love or at least have an opinion on he always seems a little corny to me, but this is the perfect role, because he knows how to do political dramas. He's done a million of them. That's both a good guy and a bad guy, I think. But that little bit of, I don't want to say cartoonishness, but you know, sort of B-movie actor side... It works great in a comic movie, just like Samuel L. Jackson. I mean, both of these guys have had Academy Award-level performances, but they
1: also could be a little pulpy, which you need in comic books. You immediately buy their relationship.
0: Because, as I mentioned, this was the first Marvel movie I actually saw in the theater. I was not spoiled on anything. I'd seen trailers, but I'd not been spoiled on anything. And I've actually come full circle, and am leaving myself as unspoiled as possible going forward. You can sort of tell that, that Pierce was maybe a bad guy, but his chemistry with, uh,
1: with Nick Fury, played by Samuel L. Jackson, is very palpable. So Anthony Mackie as Sam Wilson is brilliant
0: casting on so many levels. Let me just get it out front. We needed some color. We really, I mean, Thor, Captain America, you know, Robert Downey Jr., we needed some color. And we and they knew that they were going to start working on Black Panther and other minority and female superheroes going forward. But for him to be the first one is very significant and... You know it's hilarious that him and Jeremy Renner are both of the Avengers now, having been you know squad mates in *The Hurt Locker*, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, one Best Picture in '09, I believe. Amazing, small but really tense and brilliantly executed war movie about a bomb defuse fusion squad where Jeremy Renner is pretty psychotic. I mean he'll you know he'll take off his gear to go defuse a bomb he, he just he's a he's a uh, adrenaline junkie and and mackie plays sort of the leader of the troop um who provide cover for the bomb guy because you know oftentimes the terrorists will plant the bomb and then if you try and you know defuse the bomb or look like you're going to use the bomb they'll they'll shoot at you so they provided cover Not totally clear to me in the movie who was actually in charge. It seems at points like Renner was giving the orders, but Mackie was sort of the captain. But anyways, he already knows how to play a soldier. And even if you've never seen the Hurt Locker, you immediately buy him as a soldier. If you have seen the Hurt Locker, it's an even easier sell. Just like seeing Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye was a very easy sell. Although Hawkeye wasn't used very well until the second Avengers movie when he was maybe my favorite character in the movie. And they made him one of the main characters, which no one, at least I did not see coming. Okay, so I mentioned that this is the best hand-to-hand fighting since the Matrix movies. (laughs) But they do everything else well. They do gunfights well. They do CGI fights well. That guy looks like MacGyver. Looks just like Richard Dean Anderson. Right now. Okay. And they also do car
1: chase as well. Here's what's great about this car chase. Hopefully you guys can sort of follow this and still be and still be listening to the commentary. But what's great about this car chase
0: is that it's not really a car chase. They're stopped for a lot of it here in the beginning. It's really at like a assault on on a you know, a fortress that happens to be a black SUV. Oh man, this stuff is so cool. There's so much gunplay. I mean so many people get killed on this
1: movie. I don't understand the PG13 rating. I'm glad it got one. Um, but This thing is great And this is this is basic film logistics. OK, can we buy that there's a
0: window that can take you know 300 rounds and not break? Sure, but we got to have something that can break that. And then we gotta have countermeasures that can break that. And that's the thing. Even though there aren't very many comic booky elements to this from a sort of superhero standpoint, because the only one with real superhero powers from sort of the kind of mutant standpoint is is Cap, and even he is more of a ground level guy. They still use here it comes
1: Oh man. I yeah, I didn't see that coming in the I mean he's killing cops. Now you know, they have his computer, say, before all this goes down. So here we go. It's a car chase with no movement, and this is awesome. Um, all
0: the exterior stuff was done in Cleveland, by the way, as was the first Avengers. Uh, I believe Cap 2 is being filmed in Atlanta as we speak. The Black Panther costume looks amazing. Oh, man, have a good time. I'm going back to Black Panther, the next cat movie. So here we go. Car's driving itself, but nope. He's Nick Fury, so he wants the wheel. He can drive better
1: than the computer. But as I was saying, you know, I talk about with Lord of the Rings that what makes Tolkien great is that for the most part there's an internal
0: consistency. Yes, there's wizards and dwarves and orcs, but once you develop rules for your universe, you gotta stick to them. And this movie does a great job of adding new rules and then sticking to them, like with the the. Uh, Bulletproof window, the pattering ram, the machine gun that comes out. there's really only one tech device in this entire movie that uh is it just it, it's it's not that it's unrealistic. it's just that I can't even comprehend, even if you had the technology, how you would do it. We'll get there. See again, we're stopped. You know, I mean, look, he's barely driving. This is so brilliant. I can't believe no one thought to do this before.
1: I mean, this is the opposite of every born chase or transporter or whatever the fuck chase you've ever seen. They do make the, uh, the fake cops. Oh, I was saying earlier, the,
0: his computer s- tells him that, you know, there are no units in this area. So, you know, as a viewer, if you're smart and you're listening, you're going, okay, these guys are fake cops, so they're bad guys, so we can kill them. But most people on first viewing probably thinks that while these cops are working for the bad guys they are actual cops so he's calling cops we're rooting for you know a dude with an eye patch mowing down policemen i can't believe they got away with it okay so this is clearly a scene where they're speeding it up the matrix movies do that better than most movies including maybe this one it's so brief though this is straight from the Matrix, that leaning out of the window shot here. Yeah, there's some there's some similarities between this and the uh, highway
1: scene in Reloaded, but I don't care because I love Reloaded and I love that scene. There's Richard Dean Anderson, a.k.a. MacGyver, a.k.a. Uh, some dude from Stargate.
0: Um, this big is great. I mean, even with the quick edits, you can see exactly what's going on. Right, he could see that there was a truck coming on his computer screen. That is awesome. I wonder how much this day's uh his his driving fortress there cost. Probably a couple mil, I would
1: assume. Now oh, here we go. Winner fucking soldier. When I saw this, oh
0: I mean that shot of him moving out of the way at the last minute of the car is
1: fucking awesome. Sorry, people. I'll try to stay professional here. I just love this goddamn movie. And I don't really like
0: action movies these days. I mentioned in the Reloaded commentary... Okay, here comes the tool that's totally impractical. I won't even describe it, because you can just watch it and see for yourself how this would never be possible
1: to do in, like, three seconds. But still cool. After seeing the Matrix movies, it's so hard for me to appreciate... Hand to hand fighting, because it's just not that good or creative or well choreographed or executed. So, we've already had the infiltration of a ship, with Cap taking down most of it.
0: We've already had our card chase so that wasn't really a card chase, but was still thrilling. It was so loud in the movie theater, too. I'm always getting on theaters for being too soft. Oh my god. Okay, I can't believe I don't have her name in front of me. She says her name is Kate, and she's a nurse. Really? Her name is Sharon? We find out shortly, and is protecting him for Nick Fury. She works for S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent 13. She goes by, name is Sharon. And what is her last name? Carter. Although only the true fans know this, they're definitely going to be a love interest in the next cat movie. I believe as has happened in the books you know, that he would fall in love with the, I guess, granddaughter of uh Peggy Carter, played by Ellie Haley Atwell, his former love. Look how she plays this. Hopefully not too far. She's so adorable. She's such a great beauty. I love I love non traditional beauties. I don't know, maybe she maybe everyone thinks she's scored. oh, look at that. See she's all American and that's what's great. You had to have Steve. Even though it doesn't happen really in this movie, it just hinted it had to be an all-american girl a true all-american girl that he would fall for not an all-american girl who you know votes for the tea party or whatever but someone who holds the same ideals that he does now it's interesting she says you left your music on cap being cap knows that he did and he his memory is great and he's always a little suspicious i guess i'm thinking she knew having lived there for a while that something was wrong but didn't want to blow her cover quite yet and it's interesting to think if she's the one who let fury in did she know fury is there fury says you know just hang out outside i'm just gonna have a talk with steve then of course he gets shot and she has to come in now it's unclear how she's sort of a mainstream
1: agent of shield and he's never come across her i mean maybe she doesn't become one until her cover is blown but As soon as uh, Cap is uh, Steve Rogers is forced to go on the run as a fugitive with Black
0: Widow, she's you know in the main Shield you know room like War Room, so I'm not really sure how that works. It's possible that Rogers doesn't have much contact with the you know sort of the uh, administrators of Shield, even the high level ones, but he does know who Sitwell is. From the beginning, Jasper Sitwell, who will come back. So, you know, one tiny inconsistency. Who freaking cares? I love this device. I'm sure this has been done a million times. Oh, God. So, those are three Russian slugs. No rifling, okay? So, rifling has to do with the way that the gun is fired out of the barrel. It's much harder to shoot i believe an an unrifled bullet is much harder to shoot but it's untraceable or or at least it's much harder to trace and if you're skilled as the winter soldier here we go i'm age 13 i remember seeing this being like this woman uh but you know over the course of the movie she she
1: wins me over and her acting ability is great see and this is what's great you can see her concern and love for fury the same way that
0: romanoff aka black widow aka Scarlett Johansson, loves fury there are loyal people in shield and even though cap and black widow
1: and uh and uh, falcon save the day there are lots of other good guys Even though S.H.I.E.L.D.'s been corrupted by Hydra, which is still around, as we shall
0: see. This is awesome. This whole scene is so cool. And they don't do anything but this. Oh, what a shot. I think they showed that in the trailers. It looks amazing. Yeah, by the time he looks up. So the symmetry of the left arm, with Cap carrying the S.H.I.E.L.D. on his left arm, I don't think is uh, a detach I'd have to go back to the comic, which I don't know that well. Of course, in order to get the image later of punching the shield, Cap holds it in his right hand, and so the left hand from Bucky, from the Winter Soldier, spoiler alert, that's his friend Bucky. Actually, I didn't remember this until I was listening to a podcast after the fact, um, which is that they really did not try and hide, uh, either through previews or images or IMDB credits, that this Winter Soldier was Bucky. Bucky Barnes, his best buddy from World War Two, who managed to survive because he had been experimented on, like Steve had been experimented
1: on. Kobe Smulders, who really never lives up to what I'm hoping with her, although she does have some great moments in this movie as Maria Hill. Although in the first Avengers in this, I do like her. I mean she's the one that's truly
0: loyal to, to Fury as well, and so she's important in, in in that sense the most. Not only loyal, but he trusts her the like trusts her the most. Trusts her more than Romanoff,
1: which was crazy to think. he trusts trust her more than Black Widow. So this is a
0: classic misdirect. I don't think I thought Fury was dying in this movie, although he had been in so many that it, I would have been okay with it. In retrospect, I'm glad they didn't kill him because I just love Samuel L. Jackson. And now that they're trying to reconstruct S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we will see in Cap 3 next year what that's going to look like because they're already on the run again. Um uh, You know, as we saw at the end of Ant-Man. This is great. I love the way Scarlet just looks at him. It's so... uh, I've said
1: this before. It's really hard to sit still and look dead and not breathe. She almost looks angry. She's so sad,
0: but she's almost angry. Like, Nick, how could you have let this happen? So yeah, classic misdirection. So Kobe Smulders as Maria Hill is like fake crying here basically because he ends up being not dead and she ends up being the instrument of bringing him or at least fulfilling the plan that would bring him back to life but you know when you work at the top of shield and you have to
1: lie to everyone yeah i mean sometimes you gotta lie to your own friends so once samuel comes back once fury comes back he, you don't even have time to be mad at hell
0: for lying about it. Oh, here we go. This is great. This sums
1: up that where their relationship is. Cap's lying. She's a professional liar. She knows he's lying. <sighs> right. I like. And, oh God, Scarlet plays everything
0: so so well. Oh, Don John too. By the way, was awesome. And Don John has the Jersey princess you know, had Joseph Gordon-Levitt
1: whipped a 10, as they called her, and indeed she is. Right, so <laughs> Rumlow, who's the head of the strike team, who ends up being
0: all Hydra bad guys, is already starting to act more like a bad guy. So this movie just moves at an unbelievable pace. I mean, we're barely 40 minutes in. Oh, here we go. So it's interesting they don't kill her. You know, I think that's Robert Redford as Alexander Pierce. I think that's Pierce's attempt to sell Fury's death to her and fake comfort her. I think it's because she's the granddaughter. I never really thought about this before, but because she's a great agent and because she knows a lot and because she's the great, uh, she's the granddaughter of Peggy Carter, who I'm sure Robert Pierce, uh, Alexander Pierce knew given his age and how long he's worked for S.H.I.E.L.D. and been involved in politics, knew Peggy Carter, who co-founded S.H.I.E.L.D., with uh, Iron Man, Tony Stark's father, Howard Stark, and some others. You know, he probably wants to go out of his way, as
1: evil as he is, not to have to kill her, because she is a Carter. So this is one of those scenes that... This is one of those scenes where, you know, it's sort of like, you know, with Agent
0: Smith in the first Matrix and the agents have Neo in the office and, you know, they, they offer for him to help them find Morpheus and he gives them the finger. And it's hard to tell whether Smith ever expected Neo to, to, to join their side and give up Morpheus and all that. And this is a similar scene in that it's hard to know whether Pierce, even if Captain America, well, let's put it this way. If Captain America tells him the truth, then he knows Captain America is on to him and would probably have Cap killed. If Captain America does not tell the truth, as he does not do, or not, or at least doesn't reveal everything, and Pierce can see it, that Cap's lying, because we're just <laughs> learned from but another professional liar, Black Widow, that Steve is a bad liar. Pierce is also another great liar. You don't get to be the head of S.H.I.E.L.D., or or at least the head of the political side of S.H.I.E.L.D. without being a good liar. So I'm trying to figure out what Pierce is trying to accomplish here, other than just a great scene that establishes, A, his long relationship with Nick Fury, B, muddying the waters, what's going on. Now he's telling a partial truth, when he says he doesn't agree with the council, saying
1: that Fury um, was it was trying to make money out of all this, and as as evil
0: as we're gonna find out, Pierce is, you know, he is idealistic in a twisted but you know but consistent way, and I think he he continues to respect Fury after Fury's supposed death, and I think
1: he respected Fury up until you know, his ultimate predictable death in the end. Right, and really this is about the self-rationalization of people of power,
0: especially people in the security apparatus. And this is a theme I really want to start going into going forward rather than just to continue to do a play-by-play. That might be hard, uh, only because I love doing play-by-plays in this movie. There's so much stuff to dig in on, but. You know, this is all about ends justify the means. I mean, really, you know, that is the core of Cap's character. He never believes that the ends... Or I should say this. He doesn't always believe that the ends justify the means. He's fighting for the means. He's not fighting for the ends. That's the whole point. The ends is some sort of stability or political control or peace or whatever. The means are people. Almost always the means are people.
1: And so, you know, here where we get the thinly-veiled threat from Pierce, like I was
0: sort of hinting at earlier, I'm not sure anything Cap said, truthful or not, would have changed what's about
1: to happen. I think it was Pierce who's trying to get info out of Cap and then he was going to kill Cap no matter what. But what I love is...
0: See, now you know that it, <laughs> that something's probably going down now, but right when he walks out of Pierce's door, they could have gone another scene or two and pushed back the plot moving forward, but nope, they pushed the plot immediately. Were these guys already here before he even talked with Pierce? Did Pierce call them the minute that Rogers left his office? I think they were always going to kill Cap. I like that Rumlow you know, does appear to... Uh, to be regretful about what has to happen Um, they make him so so evil and cocky that yeah, it's hard to buy but the actor does a good job i think he respects cap's like combat prowess and leadership and not his ideals obviously a lot of under armor by the way and and all the avengers movies i mean chris evans in under armor god damn i don't know why they don't just throw him, you know, $100 million to an underwear campaign. <laughs> he looked great in the tight short sleeve Under Armour tops.
1: And they definitely have a deal. You see the Under Armour logos in the Avengers movies. Yep. And so we're n- noticing, um, Roger's perceptive abilities. He's seeing
0: sweat. He's seeing people kind of look uncomfortable and shuffle around, have their hand near their
1: guns.
0: He knows what's going on. I love the you could know, just how greasy that guy is, the back of that guy's hair look.
1: So, you know. This movie is really a critique on kind of unlimited <laughs> <laughs> and you know what
0: happens when security forces have unlimited power and, and no transparency and no uh no real responsibility another great all time fight this is why this best hand to hand since the matrix, and they had a great device because <laughs> you know just having twenty guys fight rogers uh fight cap in the Oh, that's yeah, it's the reveal of, of Sitwell being a, a bad guy. Yeah, it's going down quick, uh, yeah. going downhill quickly. But anyways, they had to have an extra device because you know, Cap would kick these guys' asses as he does, anyways, but you add that sort of magnetic handcuff thing.
1: This is great. I would love to have bid Rublo during this, just, you know, just taser kept in America. Oh, this is great. See, it's so seamless.
0: You've got martial arts. You've got wrestling moves. You've got just straight,
1: dirty street fighting hand-to-hand. Oh, I you know, I did not see this coming. What a move. Knock out the, the cable line in the elevator. The thing is, there are so many action scenes But the length of them are all very
0: reasonable. Oh, this is great. What's he gonna do? I'm just gonna jump out the window. (laughs) Yeah, I really, you know, I really fell for Captain America in this movie. I really fell for Chris Evans. He became my favorite against all odds. Grew up reading Iron Man and X Men. I love the X Men, love Wolverine, you know. But. I never could have imagined that you could use. A superhero property in this context—that's so dark, that's so gritty, that's so realistic. I mean, if you take out his super strength and the shield throws,
1: I mean, this is just a straight-up action, suspense, political drama thriller. So this is a lot of people's favorite moments. So first shield throw takes out one of the engines of
0: the uh, the plane. What are these plates called? I always forget. Then another one. I don't know how they filled this. That's CGI, but that looked amazing. This right there takes out both the engines.
1: A uh, Quinjet is what it's called. It's called a Quinjet. It's called a Quinjet. Oh, man. Right, so now is when we realize that shield. Oh,
0: bad guys. Oh, there she is, Agent 13. What is her name? I'm sorry, people. I knew this. It's just been a while since I've seen the movie. Hold on. Uh, there's that great look. It, it's it's almost... It, <laughs> she's almost overacting with that f- that frown a little bit, but what makes it great, and this is true of so many of the actors that Marvel hires, is that they <laughs> really embrace the fact that they're in comic book movies, you know, and she has that... I can't remember if that was an Avatar or she posted it. There's some funny posting online where she... It's a very self-referential the photo, you know. A still of that shot. Love her looking really mad. You know, she could tell that it's a great look, but you know, it's a little over the top. Robert Downey Jr., Evans. These guys are always going out among the people, making fun of themselves, making jokes, getting people excited. It's it's really impressive what Marvel's accomplished, but I think this is really the turning point. This is where you have to start taking it seriously, and then, you know, you see, you know, like, <laughs> oh god. Perfect. She's blowing bubbles. Nothing... Everything Scarlet does is sexy. But Scarlet blowing bubbles is very, extremely sexy. Look at that mole on her cheek. Here comes one of her her best lines, and people love this one. I only act like I know everything Rogers. Totally sums up her character. I don't know if it's just because I, I was swayed because I love Scarlet, and... I can sort of tell at this point when she's playing good guy and when she's playing a bad guy, but I never distrusted her as much as Rogers did and does, although soon he'll start to trust her more, starting kind of here when they go on the run together. But you totally get why Rogers would be distrustful of her, obviously, based on her past, based on what happened on their last mission together on the boat, where she lied to him about what she was supposed to do, based on her being so closely connected to the highest levels of Shield. Oh, that's great. This is... I love this. Bye-bye bikinis. As soon as she says it... Yeah, I bet you look terrible at them now. You knew that that was coming, but... It's so well-delivered by both of them. It's like... You would really have to deform Scarlett to, to make her not look good in bikinis, as far as I can tell. By the way, um, in the Avengers movies, they give her curly red hair. In this one, it's straight. For the record, straight is the way to go. I don't think she looks as badass with her curly hair. She can't do the like hair uh, whips, you know, take guys' face down with her hair. I guess they try it. She's already such a classic beauty. I, I just... You know, giving her a little bit more of a sort of hipster goth look or something with the straight hair, I think is is really the way to go. But Joss Whedon,
1: I will not question on small things like that. So they're tr- still trying to sell that this guy's a good guy.
0: And you know, you can sympathize with Pierce to this extent. The council is so incompetent and power hungry themselves you could see why he'd be getting fed up with them regardless of whether he's telling the truth or not i love the sneakers class this is great oh look at scarlet that's the thing i don't know i for me you know girls that i think are cute i like seeing them in casual clothes like yes it's nice to get dressed up and she wears that ridiculously sexy red dress and, and donjon that's part of the point you know he's he's a lothario and all he sleeps with you know the quote-unquote hottest girls, and but it ends up being a big problem for him. Here, just Scarlett with the hoodie and uh, <sighs> uh, the Apple Store. Oh, the guy from the Apple Store is so great. It's really funny. This movie does a great job of self-referentialness without, you know, going over the top. And that goes back to the Smithsonian thing I was saying. You know, because of how much of People have grown to love Captain America and do recognize that he does
1: represent what America should be, not is, should be. It totally made sense. This is great. (sighs) They almost have to try
0: to have bad chemistry because it's just, their natural chemistry is so good. This is totally what guys at the Apple store look like. Okay, so this... So he says I have the exact same glasses, and I'm thinking, oh, did he steal it from the guy? But he had him on before he got there. So that's <laughs> specimen. I've been
1: Aaron. I love that. I I should say that more. I've been Jesse. That's great. See, what's great about this movie is because they're on the run, between the beginning and
0: the end, he doesn't wear the suit, really, for the most part. And as much as I love the suit. And I think they finally nailed it in Age of Ultron, where it's powered and not powered, it's armored a little bit, and it looks like the World War II version, but without being as spangly and glossy. And this one, he—it actually makes sense that he uses the old. <laughs> look at his face. Uh, it makes sense that he uses the old suit, but
1: um, but what's great is that they're able to be in plain clothes for a lot of this movie, which is you know, which is always fun with superheroes. So their whole little flirtiness um,
0: is great in Age of Ultron, when, you know, Scarlet's really starting to flirt with Mark Ruffalo as uh, Bruce Banner, the Hulk. I mean, she's really laying it on thick in the beginning of the movie, but he's just, you know, Bruce Banner, he's the Hulk. He's such a nerd. He's so smart, but he's so socially awkward. He can't tell. (laughs) Where did Captain America learn how to steal a car? So this is a scene that sold it for a lot of people. And this is what's missing, if I had to complain, from sort of the bigger Marvel movies. And part of of the reason this movie's so great is because it's just the two of them.
1: This is just so natural. Was that your first kiss? It's 1945. That bad, huh?
0: practice everybody needs practice i mean this says so much he hasn't had a kiss of 95 i'm not dead but scarlet uh black widow has been kissing you know she's getting practice she hints at it of course she's sleeping with people i mean I, not scarlet but black widow's character i just can't imagine to, how twisted she is and we learn actually in Ultron you know that she's not able to conceive because when they trained her as an assassin they sterilized her um in order to have greater control oh that shot right there that vacant look of her green eyes what do you want me to be that line could have been from a number
1: of her movies like almost like a sex bot or something like from her or um, yeah, it's like a dark version of Samantha from her. What do you want me to be? What's great is they have a great rapport and they're very flirty, but it's never
0: overtly sexual and there was never any plan to make them be together, I don't think. And the Russos played it great, the actors played it great. And so um, this is so this is where Cap was trained a long time ago, and that's why there's a military facility here <laughs> so you know they're having the party at the beginning of age of ultron and and scarlet really lays it on thick to mark ruffalo uh um, as bruce banner who doesn't pick up on it and and rogers is you know has this big goofy grin and he's like oh it's nice you and uh you and rob it off and banner's like no 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 it's not you know that's that's natasha he flirts with everyone um uh, you know and, and uh and cap goes yep uh, yeah well i've seen it firsthand that ain't this meaning you know she flirts with everyone but what's going on with banner is more than flirting and it starts to dawn on banner and as cap's walking away it sort of dawns on banner he just goes wait like what you know like how how flirty did you actually get with her he starts to get jealous right away which is great. And their unrealized, unrequ- mutually unrequited love, which could probably never happen. Um, I think I like the choice for the, for um, for Black Widow to, to have a thing for the Hulk. I mean, she just sees herself as such a monster, as they say. I won't get into the political side of things, but you know, she's she feels so damaged that she feels a kinship with him. They've both killed people that they regret killing. Now, she was more in control of herself than when the Hulk is on a rampage. There's Peggy Carter, Howard Stark to the left, that's Tony Stark aka Iron Man's daddy. Who also has appeared in some other things, Tommy Lee Jones who was in the first movie. So this is when the whole big Hydra reveal is and uh you know, Hydra is
1: essentially a um Well, not essentially. It's it's the Nazi
0: Rogue Science Division that was associated with the Nazis, but wanted to take things way further in terms of how many people they killed and how much they wanted to change the earth and Cap defeated them, but not so much. They remained underground. And one of the key leaders of HYDRA, who we're going to see, embodied in a computer form, although since this was built in like the 60s, I want to say, it's all the old school um, running tapes and and vacuum tubes of old school computers, and so this Hydra guy, who's not technically dead, his brain has been uploaded into the computer system, and who's come up with the <laughs> uh, you know big evil plan of how to identify possible threats and kill millions of people around the world to theoretically protect billions, which is what you know camp is so opposed to which
1: fury was not even fully aware of and they make it work though because and it had already been
0: established i think in both in books and comics that some of the top hydra scientists like in real life with german scientists after the war were basically kept alive for their knowledge but in this scenario those german scientists actually took over what was thought to be shield and was really just hydra in disguise now you know the extent to which shield has been saving the world for a few decades now and now all of a sudden hydra is coming out maybe they just needed to wait for the <laughs> shall playing play a game it's a war game
1: reference war games reference Capseed wargames war games that's awesome matthew broderick oh, there So anyways, German scientists took it over. I guess they've been waiting
0: until technology reached such a point where they could enact their full plan. Scarlett born in 1984? I thought she was my age. I could be wrong. I was born in 81. Obviously, you know, he's talking about Natasha Romanoff and not Scarlett Johansson, but... You know, it's amazing how much thought goes into things like that, like what year people were born. All right, so this is Zola, who's <laughs> sort of this pathetic little sidekick to the, the Red Skull, but who apparently
1: became even more extremist after his master was killed and they supposedly lost the war. So, this scene is something that Marvel does so, so well, which is compelling exposition.
0: And... There's a few things that go into compelling exposition. And Lord of the Rings mostly does this well. (laughs) Matrix movies, not as consistently well. Needs to be filmed well. This shot beautifully. The color is gorgeous. They look
1: great. There's movement, but it's not a cheesy amount of movement. Up there's the Hydra logo. Great shot right there. You need the person giving the exposition, even if he's a computer...
0: To, you know, be emotional, you know, be inflecting and and be be passionate about about what they're talking
1: about. The way Benicio Del Toro was as the collector in Guardians of the Galaxy. And this is great because, you know, again,
0: as someone who had seen the Avengers on Blu-ray, but had only seen the Iron Man movies, I think
1: going into this, I hadn't seen Cap 1 when I saw this. There's a lot of, a lot of uh, Easter
0: eggs. Once you've seen everything, you rewatch, but it, it totally sells the history of
1: the last 60 years. Joe's capped during World War II. Howard Stark, quote-unquote, accident in the car accident. Um, I think
0: we're led to believe that the Winter Soldier kills uh, Tony Stark's dad, and I think that's going to be one of the causes of civil war between Cap and Iron Man, and Captain America 3, Civil War, but we
1: will get back to that, perhaps. And there you have it. So, you got the acting, you got the shooting, you got the, just, you know, how interesting is what he's
0: talking about, but... It's been kind of a mystery up to this point about why everyone's turned, and this explains it. But on top of that, what really makes this work is, A, it's so connected to our society, and that's where the Edward Snowden Snowden stuff uh, comes in going forward, as I hinted before, but also because, of all people, Captain America, to everything he's been through, been fighting for the wrong guys this whole time. Or at least part of the time. Obviously, when he saved New York with the Avengers, he was doing the right thing. But everything else must be
1: questions. And Cap, if nothing else, is constantly questioning himself and others. That's a great shot. Right, and they sell it all as a stalling tactic. That's the thing. With the big evil expositional uh, village
0: speech... You need to come up with some rationale, I guess you don't need to often uh, people don't, but the rationale was they were were stalling so that they wouldn't leave so that they someone could drop a bomb on them and uh you know we, <laughs> we find out that this kills Zola, i mean Z- you know Zola's computer programme or whatever that is designed to hunt down. <laughs> basically progressive people and kill them before they're able to you know, question the new world order. They were willing to sacrifice Zola to kill these two. This is so Terminator in here. I love it. Oh man. Uh, look at it. And, and, and the way that the Quinjets, they sort of look like the hunter killers from Terminator. I never really thought about that before. Maybe just because it's at night and this is clearly a set with a lot of fake rocks, but you needed the shot. You know, for for tense, this is a thing, people. For all the coolness that we've seen or are going to see, for you know, a twenty-second establishment shot like this, guy that looks
1: like Terminator, there's just no reason to go crazy. Just build a set and shoot it. It looks great. So we are about halfway through, a
0: little over an hour in, and. Something that I haven't really commented on that I teased in
1: the beginning is that there have been no superheroes other than Captain America. You could make this movie not be a Marvel movie. Captain America just happens to be the protagonist,
0: but like you know, Jason Bourne has borderline superpowers. I mean he's been enhanced.
1: Cap has been enhanced, but he still can be killed or nearly killed by bullets as we will see later
0: and yeah i've debated a lot about my sort of top marvel movies the top four for me are pretty obvious the two avengers movies this one and guardians of the galaxy now i'm gonna leave guardians out because it's so different i did not love this scene by the way I like the notion that Pierce would keep his hands clean and not actually shoot anyone himself. The real bad guys rarely do it. The dirty work. Also, you know, having the winter soldiers show up at his place seems like that could cause some problems. Up there is Sam Wilson running. Anthony Mackie. I love this power. This is straight from a commercial from the 80s for Sunny Delight. Sunny day, not the purple staff, if you're old enough to
1: remember that, or young enough. But uh, I, I didn't think he needed that last scene. I, I would have liked to do the full reveal at Pierce as a bad guy and not
0: not that context, I keep it in a bureaucratic context. But I get why they did it. And, and it is interesting that he has a personal relationship with the Winter Soldier, which does make Pierce even more evil on a number of levels. This is great, cleaning themselves up. And this is... You know, to go back to my top three, the two Avengers movies in this one, although I do love the original Thor, but the Avengers movies are the most comic booky movies ever made in terms of page-to-screen, not literal from a story standpoint or even a character standpoint, but bringing comic books to life on film. The Avengers was the first, it was the most extreme by far, and Age of Ultron was even more comic booky, and I loved it. As well so you know the question comes up do people love this movie so much and it's number one on a lot of people's lists um outside of the avengers most people would have this or guardians (laughs) as their number one which is hilarious because this is a political thriller set in washington dc and guardians of the galaxy is a star wars
1: level cosmic space opera but it does share some similarities Mostly great direction, great acting, great production. And this is it. This
0: is when Romanoff turns and this is this carries over to Avengers Age of Ultron. When she starts becoming more human, thinks about having something for herself. She falls
1: in love with Bruce Banner. But if Captain America trusts you, then you can sleep a little bit better at night. <laughs>
0: Anthony if you guys eat that sort of thing. This is great. They're having pancakes and toast, talking about S.H.I.E.L.D. and Hydra. Oh, man, Scarlet and her, her, uh, her little top there. She has great eyebrows. Eyebrows have come to my attention recently. If you look at most of the great-looking and great actors and actresses out there, all three of these guys have very distinct eyebrows. My complexion is so light, you barely can even see my eyebrows, so,
1: you know, I guess I shouldn't submit my resume to Hollywood, but this movie is smaller, it's darker, it's more
0: realistic, and I think this is what launched, even though Guardians made more money, as did Avengers Age of Ultron, I think this really launched the next phase of Marvel, now technically this is the middle of phase 2, and with Ant-Man just having come and gone, pretty good, not amazing, you can check out, uh, actually I don't think I reviewed it, but now we're in
1: phase 3, starting with Cap Civil War in the spring. In terms of a real universe with real people, real characters, this was the first
0: and being able to focus on two plus Anthony Mackey. um, I can't believe we're only an hour twelve in. I mean, so much has happened already, and my God, the next hour flies by too. Here's sit one with Gary Shadling. I love this. He looks terrible. Twenty, yeah, problem with a constituent. Twenty-three, kind of hot. What's to be a reporter. Who listens, anyways? She's killing my back. I bet Gary Shandling wishes that he was sleeping with a hot 23-year-old. Um, yeah, this is always a little weird to me. The Hail Hydra. It's become a joke, but the fact that they just use it
1: once, I, you know, is totally fine. I guess Pierce at the end when he dies says it softly, but... Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, Shanling was in Iron Man too. I mean, they they build up to a lot of these
0: things, and some pay off and some don't. People hated Black Widow Nine Iron Man, too. I didn't hate her. I just thought she would nothing to do. But what you finally got stuff to do in the first Avengers movie, and even more here. You're like, okay, she's actually a lead. She's not even like a major support. She's a lead. Even in the Avengers movies, she is a lead with her presence. That's what's really about the Avengers movies, is that they have five to seven leads. They all feel like leads, but no one's stepping on each other's toes. So yeah. Took me a while to realize why Mackie would be the one to make the call,
1: but because if the other two were there, they'd be arrested immediately. I'm, I missed you know, just Mackie joining the team before. Yeah. The fact that he is a super powered suit, kind of
0: convenient, who cares? He made friends with Cap on purpose. I'm not sure he thought that this wouldn't be happening, but I think he. Uh, Maybe realize realized he could be useful to Cap at some point. And like he said, Cap says, dude, I, I can't bring you into this. He says, hey, man, Captain America needs your help. No better reason to get back in. And that line really sums it up. Cap, as I've gone on and on about, is the epitome of a natural leader who leads by example, who inspires people without even trying. I mean, the fact that he, oh, this is so great. <laughs> Lillian, lip piercing? She's cute. Yeah, I'm not ready for that <laughs> who is ready for the lip piercing? oh bad! boom looks amazing so practical I mean the, the the wings themselves are CGI but the suit just looks awesome and it looked great in his cameo and by the way Anthony Mackie's cameo is Falcon fighting against Ant-Man and Ant-Man was absolutely fantastic and it sets up that Ant-Man's going to join them and Mackie's the one who recruits them even though Ant-Man kicks his ass by getting really small. And, uh... oh, there's a Stephen Strange reference, first reference to Doctor Strange, which is happening, starring Benedict Cumberbatch. The ancient one who trains him, played by Tilda Swinton. Uh, the bad guy, whose name I'm forgetting, Baron something, is played by Chiwetel Ejiofor. Already those three are amazing. Uh, oh, and by the way, they're adding Rachel McAdams as the lead female. So, I as ridiculous as Doctor Strange is on so many levels, I never was into it growing up. I don't see how that movie does not work. Cumberbatch
1: and Edgy of Fort and Swinton by themselves can carry any kind of movie. So this is the second part of the exposition, but again, they make it fun because of the kick off the roof, and, you know, Black Widow still trying to set
0: them up with girls. It's funny. The way that it's written and Scarlet plays it, Part of why she's constantly trying to sum up with girls is because she wants him to be more grounded, because as grounded as he is on an instinctive nature, and he's still from the past, relatively far past, I mean, by today's standards, from World War II, wants him to, to, to feel more part of society. And that's a very subtle and funny but realistic way of humanizing
1: Romanov before they even get, you know, fully bonded as they are now. Oh, man, the stop there with the hand.
0: What's great about the arm, it's it's part practical, part CGI. It does have some movement to it, but it's so subtle. Like, there is an engine in it of some sort.
1: All right, yeah. Power device. Cap shield, uh, which I should have mentioned a long
0: time ago, is made of vibranium, which is basically adamantium if you follow uh, X-Men or the Wolverine. In mostly unbreakable metal, which comes from a made-up African country called Wakanda, which is highly advanced, more highly advanced than any European or American country in the comics, and soon in the... Actually, they already went to Wakanda in Age of Ultron, but the king, T'Challa... He's also a superhero, The Black Panther. It was amazing, going to be played by the just ridiculously talented and charismatic Chadwick Boseman, who
1: played Jackie Robinson in 42, who played James Brown in Get On Up. That was a C- obviously CGI. Steve Rogers followed it to the pus, but... All right, so here comes the
0: heavy gunfighting again. Again, you just don't see this in superhero movies. You know, Batman hints at this in The Dark Knight, but they just don't fully realize it. And I know that's not what The Dark
1: Knight was about. This is great. Yeah, this is maybe my favorite Scarlet. Um, Watch this. Right there. Boom. That's Hollywood, people. And I mean Hollywood in a good way. Yeah, this is my favorite Romanoff stuff, just because she gets to do so much stuff. And she's really trying to help civilians. But as I was saying earlier, Cap is a natural leader. I mean, he
0: inspires people even when he doesn't want to inspire people. Like, you almost could buy that he could inspire
1: Pierce out of being such a horrible bad guy. But the kinetics of this fight are great. And I like how they, they go away from Cap for a while, and it's just him and Romanoff. But this really shows the limits of her abilities, because she is just human. So, so anyway, so yeah, so Black Panther is going to be amazing.
0: He's going to be a major character in Civil War. Almost definitely will be on Cap's side, facing off against Iron Man and the government, who want them to all be sort of registered and under their control, which is sort of... We see this from the X-Men a lot, but the cast, everything else in Civil War is set up so well. I think they can nail it and make it different. This is great, the chain gun. It's like, oh man, I don't know what, there you go, the Matrix shot of the bullets falling. Not as good, but still cool. Jumps
1: out the back, gets the shield, and this is the obvious thing. Okay, so this is great that he can fight with a knife.
0: Yeah, they they kick a lot of people off buildings. Okay, so how he's redirecting the bullets. There's
1: two problems with this. One, you'd think they would figure out that he's redirecting them. If they they keep shooting, why don't they shoot at his feet? Also, they do try
0: and spread out to get around the shield. Um, but the bigger issue is, you know, it's it's like. Cap is Neo now, you can't beat him with bullets. I guess Bucky shoots him in the end and tries to kill him,
1: but if Cap can get the shield up, then you can't beat him with a bullet.
0: The mixture of the really creepy, intense, like, techno soundtrack stuff, and then these quiet bits here. Right, like, when you're watching The Winter Soldier from the distance, everything is super frenetic, musically and otherwise, but when it's from his perspective... The assassin part comes in. He
1: gets fooled by the uh, cell phone trick. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe it doesn't sound as obvious to him. You know, they do sell that he's, you know, brawn, not brain,
0: basically. I mean, he's, he, you know, all of his guns have grenade launchers. He's got bombs. Not that he can't hand-to-hand fight, as we will say, but... I mean, sort of the opposite of uh, a black widow in so many ways see here's another little thing whoop that's a cool device maybe we'll see that again short circuits electronics yep there see you there right he snaps his arm back you could sort of hear and see that there's some movement but they don't go over the top oh no bye bye bikinis <laughs> scarlett's now been shot twice because no more bikinis for Scarlett Johansson. I love this. See, the, the, anything where Cap's running... Okay, so that's the shot right there, obviously. The, the hand-on shield. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things about the shield that work for me that I never thought would work. Yes, the boomerang thing is a little hard to believe, even within its own internal rules. They solved that in Age of Ultron by having him have a magnetic receiver on his arm. I don't know if Whedon came up with that or whoever. It makes way more sense. But look at that. I mean... Oh yeah, so so the shield is made of vibranium that comes from the advanced African nation of Wakanda, ruled by T'Challa, aka Black Panther, who will be in Captain America: Civil War and is an awesome. It's like if you take Batman, make the suit look cooler, have no weird voice, cover the mouth, and make him an African king. Uh, the 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 sort of pan-African empowerment aspect of Black Panther, I am so excited for. Um, you know, I hope that it both inspires well it's definitely it's it's going to be awesome it's going to inspire all of us but I, I i hope black panther is a character that young black boys and girls can get behind and it's not just that he's a black dude who happens to be a superhero he's from from not only africa but from an african nation that while hypothetical is still very african in how it looks and operates it just happens to be very advanced and let's be honest folks if the dominoes fell differently you know. We in America and Europe could be the quote-unquote third world, and Africa could be ruling. It's nothing to do with our genetics or our skin color. It has to do with economics
1: and agriculture and disease and access to various resources.
0: <laughs> that, that's a great shot uh, that felt like a Terminator shot he's leading just shoots a grenade leaning on the car uh, so Bucky's arm is not made of vibranium but it has some sort of powered device in it so that he can you know have, have enough power to, to defend against Cap's shield
1: which is a nice device forces Cap to fight him hand to hand later on Right, we missed uh, the uh, I missed the uh, Bucky.
0: Who the hell's Bucky? That's straight from the comic book. Played brilliantly. Now what's interesting is so Chris Evans is on a 6 uh movie contract and that'll end up being the 3 cat movies. Now he has a, he has guest appearances. It's three solo movies, the third of which is coming out next year, Civil War. The two adventures which have already happened and one of the two So the final Avengers movie is going to be called Infinity War Part 1 and Infinity War Part 2. It'll be in 2018, 2019, a year apart. They're shooting the whole thing together. Evans himself recently said it's going to take nine months of shooting. However, unless they extend the contract, I don't think Keith Thor, Iron Man, and sort of the main ones, and maybe even Black Widow, I don't know what, what Scarlet's contract is. I don't think they're going to be in the first part. They'll be in the second part. The first part, it'll be... The new Avengers that we saw in Age of Ultron, which includes Anthony Mackie here as the Falcon. it will include the Scarlet Witch, played amazingly by Elizabeth Olsen. And the Vision, who is the coolest flying android with a mind gem in his head ever, Paul Bettany. Awesome actor. So excited that he got to be embodied um, in the Vision. And so forth. We'll have Black Panther probably have newer heroes, Doctor Strange. So and we know Guardians of the Galaxy are showing up at least in one. So my guess is sort of the new event, they're going to find various ways for Cap, Thor, and Iron Man to either be sort of dead or just not available in that first part. And then when the Thanos threat really becomes an imperative, if you will, uh, nerd reference. That you know that the big the big wigs, including uh, Evans, will return for that. But <laughs> the guy who plays Bucky Barnes, Sebastian Stan, is on a nine movie contract, and so there are a lot
1: of theories about why he is on nine movie contract because he's only been in two so far. He's in Cap One. He's in Cap Two. He's going to be in Cap Three. We already saw him at the end of Ant Man and the The teaser, make credits teaser. Right, the listing, all the things wrong with me that would never be humanly possible.
0: Yeah, the whole heart stop thing. But we got something that stops the heart. You know, it's not it's not empty of cliches, but because of the almost family dynamic of the small cast, but juxtaposed against you know arguably greater stakes. Than even the Avengers movie, which had been the highest stakes up until now, because yes, that was an invading alien army, but this would be humanity killing itself. Basically, um, it would be the Holocaust realized on on such a huge level, but it'd be done
1: intentionally. There's Sebastian Stan. He he was very charismatic as Bucky, but he does have a dark side, which makes the Winter Soldier work. There are theories that he will become Captain America. That's why he has so many films on his contract. It's possible that Sam Wilson or Falcon,
0: played by Anthony Mackie, will become Captain America. I believe both of those happen in the comics, so they're both in play. And both of those guys are guys that are going to have numerous films left on their
1: contract, even after the final Avengers movies, Infinity War 1 and 2. And see, we get shaky cam here. And this is the brilliant thing about the movie, is there is some shaky cam, but they just know when and how to
0: use it. This is, they're trying to disorient us here. right? So we're looking
1: at Bucky head on, and, and then all the shots of Robert Redford are kind of from below. Okay, right? Here we're below. And so, leading up to the slap, it was a still shot. Now there's dynamic movement again.
0: Yeah. This this role would be so easy to screw up and make look cheesy, but Sebastian Stan just kills it. I do not know what they're doing with him, but he gets Marvel, you know. He's played two completely different characters, even though they're the same guy. But Bucky Barnes Sort of a cocky but lovable and loving, you know, patriot, along with Cap and now killing machine designed for one thing. Search and destroy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, if you heard the Matrix podcast, I much love uh, credit to Adam Talk for that one. So, you know, again, the meeting earlier bothers me less now that we see that he truly is involved in the you know, almost daily handling of the asset. At least when the asset is sort of unfrozen or being used. I think they freeze him as the implication when they don't have a major crisis that they need him for. They took him out this time because Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow was talking about you know having seen him many years ago but that he's also there's been killings attributed to him going back to World War II basically so he's he's been part of Hydra's program from the beginning but I guess they only de- defreeze him or unfreeze him um, when he's needed this is this is awesome I mean this is this is the little bit of science fiction in Marvel that is just great and they nailed. That looks so real. He, so horrifying. The screams are brilliant. I like how, you know, Rumlo is even, is evil, this guy with the, Rumlo with the hey, evil as he is, he's even disturbed by that. So we'll see what happens with we'll Stan down the road. But as Winter Soldier, and I think he's going to be a good guy pretty soon, it's going should be interesting. I love that. Peace is an achievement, it's a responsibility, but it's said by a guy who believes the exact opposites. Which just goes to show you, you know, you can be a great speaker and get people to do what you want, but if you're full of shit, people are going to come after you. And that's why Cap's a great leader. It's all about his actions. It's about his actions and it's about that when he says he trusts you, you know that
1: that's true. And you want his trust because he's Captain fucking America. I just really identify with
0: Captain America now in a way I I never thought I would say those words. Because, you know, I'm so suspicious of not only things in the U.S. government, but the world governments and, and really transnational corporations as much or more, as the governments themselves. Corporations are funding the governments, they have more money than the governments, they arguably have more power than the governments,
1: at least on our day-to-day lives. In terms of you know, technology and consumerism, and just buying shit. Right, and this is where Caps like it's all gonna go. Now, if you watch Agents of Shield,
0: which I've tried to watch, I've gone through most of two seasons. It's not bad. It has entertaining elements. It addresses all the Shield Hydra stuff. But the problem is, it's like they just can't make the stakes high enough in the show, even if they wanted to. Because a, they can't steal the thunder from the movies in terms in terms of plot. But they also don't have the resources to, you know, make things as epic as they need it to be so they sort of create a high stakes game that's really a middle stakes game and i just enjoy you know seeing a couple marvel movies a year i enjoy it i enjoy it being just a uh a special experience i haven't watched daredevil yet i definitely will because everyone says it's good including people like my dad who would not normally be into those things um, I guess I'm saving it for some rainy day that may or may never happen. And I'm usually working on podcasts, doing new ones or editing ones or revisiting them or whatever. But um, I like having it be sort of an event. You know, me and my dad usually go to them. We went to the Winter Soldier, actually, so it was his first in the theater and my first in the theater as well. And And this, just to jump back to the movie, first of all, the whole shrinking of of you know chris evans to pre-captain america steve rogers i still don't get now i kind of haven't watched it behind the scenes on purpose with this one you know i know exactly how they did in lord of the rings the shrinking stuff but
1: doesn't really bother me
0: but just because of his face is so gaunt, i don't know how they did that but you know we needed to see something of bucky and they did it in a flashback that you weren't sure you know, where Steve was when the flashback started. Now he's out looking out over the dam. Yeah, and this is this is this is classic. This is the and justify the means. Even Anthony Mackie, who was totally you know basically the Captain America fanboy, is like, dude, you might need to actually take this guy down. And Cap's like, nope, he's gonna recognize me. And uh, and Falcon's like, I don't know, man. He's like, no, he will. And that's Cap. At the end of Ultron, they talk about, you know, there's a point before Fury <laughs> comes in with the helicarrier to save everyone out the Flying City, where they think that, essentially, they need to destroy the Flying City
1: in order so that Ultron does not launch it <laughs> into the Earth at,
0: like, a meteoric event literally. But, you know Cap's like, no no one's leaving this rock until everybody's off. And you know, he's he's in denial. And he ends up being right because Fury shows up. But if that hadn't happened, they would have had to you know, they would have had to blow up the thing with the and actually Black Widow is the one who says we're not getting off this thing In
1: Age of Ultron, and, uh, and, you know, but she also offers to go down with the
0: ship, which was really interesting and really in line with her character, I think. That, you know, she would sum things up, you know, so quickly, no matter how, (laughs) you know, no matter how terrible the options are, uh, that come out of her summing up of the situation.
1: And yet, she's ready to die. Or at least ready to die with those people. I like how they don't overdo the uh, World Security Council. Also hard for me to hate the Indian guy in front
0: because... Because he was amazing. He's Ramakandran in a small role in the Matrix Revolutions. Probably the only cool part of the movie. It was right at the beginning with the Indian family and the little girl sati. But... He has a good job here. That's a bad. Well, he's not really. He's just. He's just not smart. They're not. They don't realize what's. See, that's. I, I, I'm not sure if that was a twist that the
1: World Security Council didn't know, that. That this was a Hydra thing or the full implications of it. Ryan, right, Here's the. Here's the Captain America speech. This
0: gave me, yeah, this... Even though this is so, like, almost cliched, Captain America gave me chills in the theater and still does. It's the way they frame it, the music, who are the good guys, who are the bad guys. Interestingly, like, in The Matrix,
1: almost all the bad guys are white, and many of the good guys are people of color. I don't know what that's saying. Yeah, I mean, the Nazi aspect is never really explored. Um, you know, it's just an evil organization. (laughs) Right, they act like they had no idea what was going on. But the speech by Cap, where he says, uh,
0: you know, maybe, maybe I'm the only one who's going to do what's right, but I'm willing to bet that I'm not. That is Leadership 101, people. Not just because of what he said. Not just because of what he means, but because it's coming from Captain America, who <laughs> already—I cl- mean, this this guy is great. They actually brought him back for Ultron because of how great this little performance was. This is the this is the Nazi thing, right? This is the give—you know—let us in your house so we can find the Jews that you're hiding. Nope, not gonna let you in. We're gonna kill you. Nope, not gonna let you in. Very few people could or would do this, and he plays the fear great. He knows that he's dead, or he should be dead captain's orders oh my god i have chills right now after that whole speech and boom sharon carter this is where i'm like okay i'm on board with her her gun looks like han solo's blaster who cares and she gets her ass kicked pretty quick doesn't matter they're setting her up to be a big cap uh uh associate to say the least in the next movie i mean i think both from romance and a strategic standpoint she's gonna have a huge role emily van camp i believe is her name I-
1: I don't know how that came to me suddenly. Right, she does save the guy's life, though. and pushes the chair out from under him.
0: And this is great. And this is exactly what would happen with an organization that was infiltrated. But you don't know who's infiltrated it. I mean, to the extent that how long and hard and often these people work with each other, and the lines would be so down the middle and that some people would know and some people wouldn't at sort of the mid-level or the mid of the high levels is, you know. But the visuals of... See, this is great, right? Everyone's trying to follow Cap's orders, but the strike team and the Hydro Forces are just so set up. They're prepared for this. And, you know, you needed the story device where we couldn't have a lot of other sort of minor... You know, good guy characters like Sharon Carter and stuff doing anything major because we needed our three main heroes to be, um, to be doing it. But I love that (laughs) they saw that the the good guys who haven't been corrupted by Hydra were at least trying, um, even though they all pretty much
1: got killed. In fact, yeah, the Winter Soldier is going to kill a whole bunch of them. Any of this, any of this like side-scrolling running of Cap
0: looks amazing. I know that could be a stunt double, but it just—it feels like for just if you're just running, why not have Chris Evans do it? It looks better to me. That looked like Chris Evans. Yeah, his little running bit in the the Avengers, the Battle of New York at the end, the first Avengers, where he's trying to get the cops to convince them to, to you know, get their heads out of their asses and start protecting people. You know he's running over like you know trucks that are flipping, and the Cap hero music. That's the thing. Cap's music is amazing, and they use it so great in both the the Cap movies and the uh, Avengers movies. Yeah, it's funny to think that we're gonna kill six million people with these guns. They can't take out a guy with uh, mechanical wings and
1: Captain America. But hey, there you have it. So you know. The notion of... Uh, moving it this way. The
0: overall scenario, you take out the details and the fact that it's Marvel and Captain America.
1: Ah, uh, Ramagandra. Yeah, buddy. I love that look on Robert Redford's uh, eyes. I definitely didn't see
0: this coming. I thought Scarlet might try and do some sort of infiltration thing, but the Mission Impossible thing. I, for whatever, maybe I was just so in the movie at that point. It's like at the end of The Avengers, you know, she's doing something other than just fighting, even though she's great at fighting. She's the one who figures out that there's, maybe they can use Loki's scepter to, uh, oh my God, look at her. <laughs> Sorry, people. I, I would love Scarlett Jansen. Here's the thing, you know, because I rave about her, everyone's like, oh, you just think she's hot? It's like, yeah, she's beautiful, but she's such a good actress. and so versatile, and just great chemistry and charisma you know even with like eric bana and like bad movies you know she she's able to have chemistry with both christian bale and hugh jackman in the
1: prestige you know what's his name in in match point the woody allen movie but
0: to me I have come to just love her as an actress so much that, yes, I'm
1: appreciating her beauty, but it's not distracting in a way that it used to be for me. This is great. This, the kinetics of
0: flying with Falcon, even though he spends most of the time just trying not to get killed, Shield throw. Yep, took a little long to come back. Yeah, both the both the shield throw mechanics and the suit look better in Age of Ultron. But it's again the, the the kinetics of it are are so visceral and just the sound design's amazing. The editing. I mean, every shot is just so good. So as I was saying, the sort of Alexander Pierce character in theory from sort of a you know political thriller scenario political throughout movie 21st century the repulsor engines look awesome um, It was fun to see the rotor rotor blades of the helicarrier and ultron but what makes this bad guy scenario work is a number of things Robert Redford great performance maybe just he's great in small doses i don't really know that much about him but you know he's fantastic in this the action of course And that's the thing, they've sold, we've had so much practical fighting and practical action in this movie so far that, you know, I mean, even Lord of the Rings, by the end, you're in these huge CGI battles, you're like, oh, enough of the CGI already, even though it's great. Here, we haven't had this the whole movie, so we're ready for it in the big climax.
1: And boy, do they take their time with this climax, I mean... this movie really does feel like a movie that was directed
0: by two brothers and i mean that as a total compliment there's so many so many moving parts for a movie with only a handful of main characters from an action standpoint i wonder you know how they divided it up or if they divided it up and you know it'll be interesting whether infinity war one and two will be sort of 50 50 split on each or whether one of them will be kind of the Go to on part one, and one will be on the, one of the Rousseau brothers will be go to in part two, but they'll both be involved. Who knows but i never- I never really thought the idea of having a good director. I never thought it was a good idea before to have two directors, but uh, the Rousseau brothers proved me wrong at least in this context. I mean, it's not like it's you know there will be blood I mean this is it I mean. And this mirrors obviously Cap taking down the Quinjet earlier. Winter Soldier has just killed every good
1: guy that's left on this particular helicarrier. You ever see on helicarrier there. You can tell if that was the, if that was the ground. Yeah, I mean, Scarlet has just develop, has developed incredible control
0: of her body and her facial gestures. She, I mean, look, she's always gonna be beautiful and sexy, but look at the way she's carrying herself there. That's you know, she's more more upright, it's more stiff. Basically you know and i think she always has known this because she used it on Bill Murray it's a great effect in her first movie Lost in Translation which is a fantastic movie one of the things that made me fall in love, the thing that made me fall in love with her and want to track her career i'm so happy and proud of her for becoming really one of the top actresses in the world as far as i'm concerned but she knows how to use her sexuality both in character and out of character and uh You know, it's a bit of a burden to be that beautiful. I know that sounds weird to say, but... I'm sure we've all met people who, you know, are way more good-looking than we are, but have other issues going on. And maybe Scarlet has issues, but she's married has a kid. She seems pretty okay to me. Yep, see, that's the thing. You can just show a half second of her looking at a computer, and it's compelling. She's also gotten good holding the guns, by the way. In, with every movie, even in Ultron, she gets even better. She's a lefty. They don't try and hide it. They tried to make Jeremy Renner a righty with the bow. Didn't stick. He went back to his natural left. It looks so good. I'm always commenting on how Hollywood actors, men and women, when it comes to weapons, guns in particular, tend to be left-handed, a lot of them right with their left hand. Not surprising, creative types are often lefties at a much higher statistical rate than the average. Kobe Smolters. Um, I love that Maria Hill casually pushing back from the desk chair. I mean, wouldn't it be nice to have that life for one day? You're working on the Excel spreadsheet. All of a sudden you're like, oh, no, I gotta kill some guy. Hold on, guys. Kicked your chair back, doors open, boom. <laughs> on to the next thing. Not that I want to kill anyone, but you guys know what I mean. And those are the Maria Hill moments that I love. The the one earlier which you didn't comment on where she's disguised as one of the soldiers with the helmets and, and she looks like she's gonna tase uh Sam Wilson when they've been captured. This is done pretty well. That looks pretty convincing. I mean that was for a moment there that was totally CGI Falcon, but it looks great. When <laughs> gonna be some boulders, yeah. Ends up tasing the guy next to her and takes off Oh, the hell the thing was Pushing on my brain or whatever. She's great with those small bits. Yeah, I think, you know, I think Whedon knows how to write for her. But I do think maybe the Russos do know how to write for her better. And she will definitely be in Civil War. So we'll see. Here's the problem with Civil War. Civil War has more characters that need, like, multiple lines than any of the Avengers movies, even. It's really the third Avengers movie. They're not trying to hide it, but like this movie, the framing device of having go through Captain America, who's the ultimate good guy, but the ultimate good guy that is not cheesy and who you love and who you're rooting for, and who is
1: somehow three-dimensional, even though on paper he's one-dimensional. Again, Chris Evans cannot say enough. but the framing device of basically having a uh, you know Avengers 2.5 or
0: you know Captain America Civil War or Avengers 3 whatever it's called Captain America Civil
1: War but the framing device will be through him this is a great shot you know it's coming but it still looks good the juxtaposition there you know we'll get to see it through one perspective and it's 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 impressive that
0: Robert Downey Jr. agreed to it. I mean, they gave him a lot more money, I think, ultimately, once they realized he was the second lead. But it's still a cat movie. So like this one, we're still going to get it mostly from his perspective. And people seem to love that. So you combine a cat movie, which people already love, and then make it into an Avengers movie with Iron Man, who's still the most popular from money standpoint. And, you know... Um, and you had Anthony Mackie, and you had Don Cheadle, and you had Elizabeth Olsen, and you had Chadwick Frickin' Boseman as Black Panther. It's just gonna be so good. Uh, I've really, you know... I was pumped to see Age of... Sorry, I said this movie came out in 2013. It came out in 2014. Uh, as pumped as I was to see Age of Ultron, and I probably watched Age of Ultron in the theater like six or seven times. I'm I'm so pumped for the Blu-ray. I can't believe I have to wait till October for the Blu-ray. That movie it's the matrix thing really i mean avengers one is like matrix one it's flawless it did something no one ever did before put that many comic book characters on screen and make it funny and exciting and look great you know and just have that giddy feeling to it whether you're actually a comic book fan or just into fun movies like that age of ultron had some detractors or some people who didn't love it as much. It was bigger. The action was way better and way better filmed and way more exciting. I thought it was funnier, but it didn't have the restraint of the first movie. But that was on purpose. I I I don't think Joss Whedon got suddenly Hollywood. I mean, Avengers 1 was very Hollywood. I just think Joss Whedon, he's a very dense writer. He likes to get a lines in, and not everybody likes that. I happen to love it, especially when it's hilarious, which he is, and his works are. And, uh, you know, if you watch Age of Ultron closely, this is a brutal fight, by the way. Um, as you know, has has been pointed out, that this is really the most street fighty of all. I mean, this right here. He has to break his arm. Again, Cap is doing everything not to kill him.
1: You know, it hurt Cap emotionally just to break his arm yeah this is brutal but um you just tell from the party scene at the beginning of age of ultron how relaxed
0: the actors were amongst each other and yes that's because they've done movies together but you know for the most part those movies have been the avengers movies which have been directed by joss Whedon. And so, what Joss does is, yes, he's a great writer and director, but he sets the mood. His actors become totally loyal to him. He's very actor-centric director, which probably means there are some non-actors who probably don't love him because he caters to the actors to such an extreme. But I've never heard that to be the case. Weeden's just a very self-deprecating guy, and that's where the self-deprecating humor comes from. Russo's are able to tap into that a little bit in this movie, and so. You know, it's hard. It's hard for me to put this movie ahead of the Avengers movies because I just want all those characters. And you know, I said I grew up reading Iron Man, but X Men was really my main thing. And while I would read a few of like the Wolverine spinoffs, I mostly read the team stuff. Um, I really like most of the X Men movies. I think you know, none of them have really achieved greatness. Um but I sh- I love watching him on screen. I love the team stuff. And that's... Oh, that's kept getting shot. So this was always a question I had, because in my Matrix podcast with Adam Tuck, number 18, where we talked about the first movie and did a retrospective of the whole series, you know, I said, basically... <laughs> with the limited abilities that Morpheus and Trinity have in the Matrix compared to someone like Neo, that Captain America could easily take this to on. Obviously, he couldn't take on Neo. Um, Assuming you transpose their Matrix abilities into the real world or vice versa. And part of that is being shot. Now, Rogers is shot numerous times in this, including a couple in the Get and maybe
1: even the Chess, and he survives. So, you know, if just for his sort of... Oh, this is great. But yeah, Cap is like an enhanced Matrix
0: fighter, essentially. That's that's where his superpowers are. Now how I frame it in my mind, I guess. It's funny. We get to see the guns a little bit as they shoot Hawkeye, but for the most part, we just see them shoot each other. It's great. Kind of love it. They set up this huge war with the helicarriers, and they end up just taking down each other. But the the image is so great they actually showed this in the trailer and that shows you the confidence they released the elevator fight scene to some people ahead of time they screened the uh the the the, scene, the, the first action scene where they they take down the rogue uh boat um they they had screened that to some people or made that available online they didn't hide the the ending that was out of context so you're not sure why there are these helicopters firing at each other but they didn't feel they felt let's put it this way they felt confident enough with the rest of the movie in terms of the plot and the dialogue and the character and acting and directing and the production team that they didn't have to do a hide and seek on on some of the bigger CGI things because as great as that CGI battle was what was the coolest part of it it's yep here we go it's uh it's cap fighting at the winter soldier the elevator fight is an all-time great. The initial takedown of the Lumerian starship with Cap, um, you know, it was just so thrilling and so non
1: comic booky movie. But... Oh, God. Sorry, I'm just watching those Ds
0: <laughs> carriers destroy each other. It looks amazing. <gasps> Oh, man. You're like, oh, what a waste. You're almost like with Pierce. It's like, what a waste of money. Which is all... <laughs> it's weird, that the whole targeting chip thing. You'd be so exposed, you know. Oh, I just got to get to the middle of an open part of the ship. and
1: Just put the chip in, and then they'll start shooting each other. But what I've neglected to talk about, and what I want to end
0: on here other than just to praise the economy of this movie. I know you watch something like this, and you see the budget, and you're like, what is economic about that? But the economy of the writing and the acting and the directing. The humor is there. It is not uh, omnipresent in a Whedon-esque way, that is for sure. But it, it both didn't need to be, and it couldn't have been in this context. The stakes are too high. I mean... And what they did so brilliant, they called the Winter Soldier, but the bigger battle is against Hydra. And in a general sense, against, you know, um, sort of an an unbreachable oppression of S.H.I.E.L.D. slash Hydra should this project have succeeded. Someone commented that this fight is way too short. But, you know, you got to cut some stuff. We'll see more from Anthony Mackie and from Rumlow as Crossbones, apparently. I don't know that much about comics, but I just know that he's Crossbones and that he survives somehow. They show him at the end. But, you know, it's called Winter Soldier, and they do make it personal for Cap, which is part of what makes it great, is that Bucky works for Hydra, he represents Hydra, but he also represents in. Cap's mind, everything that's good about his old world that he's gone, and that, you know, if you can ever get Bucky back to being Bucky,
1: you basically have two Captain America's. They come from the greatest generation. Yeah, and, and the humor is, is humor like this. You know, they don't put the floor numbers on the outside of the
0: building. They're not laugh out loud funny, but you just can't do that. If you did it, then. You know, it's like Ultron, you know, cutting off uh, Andy Circus's arm as Ulysses Claw and then making a joke about it. it in the Weedin' context, it works. Here, it would lighten the mood a little too much. So they get some in at the beginning with Scarlet with the flirtations and trying to get him dates. The lip piercing while they're waiting for Sitwell to not hit the ground and be temporarily rescued by Falcon is just fantastic. Oh, you mean Lillian with lip piercing? Yeah, she's cute. Yeah, I'm not ready for that. <sighs> so here it is. This is Cap. He'll,
1: he'll, he'll die before he kills, kills Bucky. Completely unrealistic. And uh But the wider political ramifications of this movie have already happened. We'll see a little bit with the hearings at the end. we <laughs> a bunch of old white guys from Congress be condescending We'll see it again at the end. Um, At the congressional hearings, a bunch of old white guys being condescending and sexist to Black Widow, but this team, Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Captain America, Black Widow,
0: also known as Natasha Romanoff, Sam Wilson, who's now the Falcon, played by Anthony Mackie, Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, Kobe Smulders as Maria Hill. Those five just... (laughs) working together, dumped the entire intelligence apparatus of S.H.I.E.L.D. onto the internet, which is exactly what Edward Snowden did. In fact, they dumped way more than Edward Snowden. Now, I don't remember the comics well enough. I mean, S.H.I.E.L.D. is definitely, like, if you took the U.N. Security Council but gave them, like, weapons and technology and lots of money and power, that's basically what S.H.I.E.L.D. would be. So it's brilliant that they actually... They didn't really even introduce S.H.I.E.L.D. fully until Avengers And then the very next movie But they're involved in Captain America the Winter Soldier They take it down But now it's being reconstructed My agent Coulson on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. won't go there Show is good, not great But No one questions it Because it's Captain America And that's what's brilliant He's the only one that could have done it The only one that could have done it No one makes the Snowden connection Or at least Let me put it that way I bet I could find a lot of people in sort of a blind test or whatever, asking them multiple different kinds of questions. You know, do you like Captain America? Yes. Did you like Captain America, the Winter Soldier? Yes. Were you happy when he dumped the entire indulgence apparatus of Hydra and S.H.I.E.L.D. onto the Internet? Now, because it's Hydra and S.H.I.E.L.D., which aren't real, even no, they are... Um, In the important ways, but by name they're not real. We assume that they have access to all the government's intel as well as their own so this could be you know, not only did Cap dump more American intel online than Snowden did but, the trouble man Marvin Gaye, back to the beginning of the movie that's all you need to know about life basically is trouble man but he dumped the whole world security onto the internet if you ask people Then, you know, later in the questionnaire, or how they feel about Edward Snowden, I mean, we'd have to, you know, find people who are educated about who Edward Snowden is. There's a lot of subtleties to it, but the bottom line is, people seem to be coming more towards the Snowden side now. Uh, I mean, even Obama has has said so. Um, I never thought... I'm not going to say I didn't think it was a, a big deal in terms of the NSA. Like, I didn't think either part was as big. Of, like, I didn't think what the NSA do, was doing, as bad as it was, is as bad as I made it out. I never thought that Edward Snowden was as bad as people thought um, or made him out, and I'm totally cool with, um, with his version of patriotism, which mirrors Captain America's. Is Edward Snowden Steve Rogers? I don't know. I don't know him well enough. I don't know his character. But it all comes back to Steve Rogers has a very strong ideology that he will not compromise on, and that is saving people's lives and letting them be free, truly free. That's it. And he will do whatever is necessary to get there. And, you know, (laughs) what's what's crazy is, and this is what I do worry about going forward, I hinted that the Superhero Registration Act that's going to be in Civil War... You know, we've already been done numerous times with X-Men, with the Mutant Registration Act, and then with Days of Future Past, the most recent X-Men movie. Um, they skip forward to when the Sentinels are putting all the mutants in camps. You know, what X-Men has that these movies don't is an explanation for why people have superpowers, but also a way to discriminate against them. And so X-Men's always the most heavy-handed in political... But I like it. I mean, it is moralistic at times, but it mostly just preaches tolerance from both sides because, you know, and I think one thing the X-Men movies have done well, and this is where Black Widow uh, Natasha Romanoff is quote-unquote mouthing off. I love that they use that. That's such a condescending way to talk to a young woman. But she says, fuck you, arrest me. You know where to find me. Which is partially true, but now there's this top-secret new Avengers facility you know, none of this lasts long. Shield going down doesn't last long, uh, but the, these guys staying public doesn't last long. But anyways, the X Men movies have done a good job talking about discrimination and hate and tolerance and acceptance and those sorts of themes. That mirrored the movies, the movies in general from Fox. <laughs> well, I'll leave out the other ones, nameless. Fantastic Four. Um, X Men movies have not been as good overall as the Marvel movies. And I say Marvel, Marvel Studios owned by
1: Disney. This Timeline: These people. So, so right. So he's already had to take down Shield, who he worked for.
0: He then had to take down <laughs> Captain America. That has had to take down Ultron in Age of Ultron, the second Avengers movie, which was created by his, you know, partner who he professionally never agrees with or gets along with on any level, but personally they just love each other, and that's why it works with Tony Stark, Iron Man, played by Robert Downey Jr. He had to stop Ultron, which was another problem created by those people who were supposedly protecting people. And now he's going to have to fight yet another problem in Captain America Civil War against those claiming to protect other people. Now, you know, it'll form a nice contrast to Thanos in the the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie, uh, which I think they are calling uh, Volume 2, which is brilliant because of the mixtape Volume 1 and 2 in the first Guardians. So Guardians and the two final Avengers movies, Infinity War 1 and 2. We're going to see Thanos, who's about as far removed from everything that's just gone on in this movie as possible. He's Guardians-level cosmic. Maybe even more so. They're the Guardians of the Galaxy. He might have powers beyond the galaxy. There's the Kiss and the Luck. Door left open, maybe? But they both realize it's not a good
1: not a good fit. I mean, it's not that it's not a good fit. It's just... Yeah, it's not a good fit. It's not a good fit. All right, so this came out. I'm
0: doing this podcast... In the middle of August of 2015. This
1: came out April of 2014. So, in May of 2015, this year, Avengers 8 of
0: Um. By the way, I'm clap for the movie, man. That movie's awesome. Yeah, I hope my, my uh, commentary was decent. I just love watching that movie. So, yeah,
1: so Avengers 8 of Ultron. Uh, May 2015, just a few months ago, with a cameo by Anthony Mackie, as Sam Wilson sang.
0: "I'm Yep, I'm still working on the Missing Persons project. And then Ant-Man, which just came out a few weeks ago, which did, I think, as well as it could have done. It was a smaller movie. It had the smallest budget, and it's going to make the least amount of money. I mean, you know, it's about ants, and it's Paul Rudd. I mean, you know, it was fine. It was entertaining. He pushed the Avenger stuff forward. He's going to be an Avenger. Gotta help Evangeline Lilly. Who's going to be an Avenger too, uh, as well. Um, but uh,
1: in the mid or end credit sequence of Ant Man, um, we see uh, that Bucky has been found/slash captured by Cap
0: and Falcon uh he seems to be restrained but not fighting they all look very dirty and haggard so you know it seems possible they might just start civil war with them on the run or whatever already from from tony stark and the government i think that would be a really smart choice you have so much ground to cover like, why Why explain the whole thing? We already did that in this movie. Just have them be on the run. So I'm hoping that's what's going on. This this black-red stuff. This is very, like, Nazi-slash-Soviet-esque. I mean, not... not. <laughs> oh, look at this. This is great.
1: So, okay, so watching this mid-credits sequence now,
0: I just get giddy because what's amazing... <laughs> this is what's hilarious. <sighs> so... This is a year and a half ago, and you know, thirteen month and uh, thirteen months later, both of these guys are going to be dead. There's Loki scepter, but they tease the twins, and I don't know how they did this tease. Usually, they tease the next movie, or or if it's like Thanos, but you can do that CGI. But you know. This, so this movie came out April 2014 and, and the twins who are about to see who I love, especially this Scarlet Witch,
1: Elizabeth Olsen, my God, is is so good. They must have been filming this already because I know Joss Whedon did
0: this shoot. This is not the Russo Brothers. This was filmed and shot, directed and written. Uh, They're there by Joss Whedon. And you know what? If you look at Elizabeth Olsen... She does look younger. I believe she was 22 or 23 when this whole thing got going. I think she's 24 now. She's one of those characters that I, I sort of mentioned earlier is going to carry the series forward. Um, you know, because we, you know Hemsworth and Evans and Robert Downey Jr. are not going to look at her. are not going to have them forever. You need these young guys, her and Falcon, and we're going to get even more Black Panther. Um... And so, uh, you know, being a nerd and listening to nerd podcasts and, and, you know, watching nerd stuff, I knew what the twins thing was. They're actually the kids of Magneto, but we won't go there. Those are two separate properties now in terms of film. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, just a, a, it's such a tight movie. I, I think, you know, it's lack of excess. Ninety five percent of the time is a strength. Five percent of the time. It's a little oppressive, almost, especially because it is a superhero movie. And I totally love that it's a street-level, you know, hand-to-hand, you know, guns and shield type stuff. But movie, it's brilliant. That's part of the reason it's great. Some people argue that is that this is the reason why it's great, because it's the most restrained from a superhero standpoint. But I just can't agree with that, because to me, the two Avengers movies are in the top... 3 to 5 of all superhero movies that I've seen ever and they're, you know, way over the top in terms of superhero comic booky type stuff. I think this is just great filmmaking. I think, you know, I, I mean, we didn't have a sense for this because they did have a developing relationship already in the first Avengers between uh, Romanoff and Rogers between Scarlett Johansson and um and, and Chris Evans as Captain America. So whether this was already in the works, that it was going to be these two as sidekicks before then, or they saw the chemistry, who freaking knows? It was two years between movies. It's very possible they hadn't casted everyone yet. I have to think that Whedon, who is still a consultant to Marvel, by the way, even though he's not directing any more movies, at least for now, between Kevin Feige and the other head producers at Marvel, Whedon and then the Russo brothers, who I think were signed by the time... Avengers was released in May 2012, because it would be, you know, less than two years at that point. So they had the Russo brothers, they had the script, and, you know, it, and it was so apparent that in their in their short scenes together, that, that Black Widow and Cap just really have great chemistry, and, you know, they're two <laughs> brilliant, great-looking, just talented and versatile and... uh and relaxed actors, they're just very relaxed around one another, even when they're, you know, arguing. It's its very comfortable. It's that scene in the car where her foot's off, and he says, put your foot down, we're only borrowing it. We're just Captain America learned to steal a car, as it's been since 1945, since his last kiss. Everyone needs practice. I mean, that scene alone sells the movie. I know a lot of people who that's their, their favorite scene, and... You know, that's what these movies are ultimately about. The fighting is great. You know, the superhero stuff is so fun, but it's the relationship of the characters. remember, Downey Jr., I will never stop beating this drum. From the time he took over in 2008, and basically the, the first of this thread of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as Iron Man, Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr., set the tone, both comedically but also like I've been saying just being relaxed not overdoing it that's the thing you know we didn't has these ridiculous jokes but because the characters are so comfortable with themselves and everyone else around them they just deliver it so naturally we didn't we didn't get ridiculous dialogue that sounds natural in a way that no one else does and you know to their credit <laughs> I think the Russo brothers recognized that they were not going to be able to pull that off, but it didn't. In terms of the sheer number of jokes that land, and and how advanced the jokes are, and how self-referential they are, but didn't really work in this context. So, you know, I do wonder if that if they're going to be able to handle the Infinity War movies. I know they will be able to handle them and make them cool and look good. But there's just there's a wild card aspect to Joss Whedon that I totally get why he's not doing the final two. The first two took so much energy, probably more energy than they needed because they kept shifting up timetables and stuff. Whatever, I won't go there. <laughs> Listen to Bizzlecast Episode 5.0. I defend Joss Whedon. But, uh, you know again this movie's very restrained it's very dark and i hope civil war while it also has a very dark premise is maybe a little bit lighter at times it's going to have to be cuz there's so many more characters and a lot of them are really weird from black panther to scarlet witch to vision i mean my god can't be street level so we'll see i mean if they nail they nail civil war and it uh comes off like you know just a another avengers movie basically then we'll be good to go so hope you enjoyed the movie love this movie very rewatchable like i said in the top three or four of superhero movies love this movie love the avengers really consider them of a piece um i think if you just watch the captain america movies and the civil war movies or i'm
1: sorry the captain america movies and the avengers movies you'll be good to go And this is great, you know? I mean, it's
0: always a toss-up. Like, you know, do we put in the the plot reveal and the mid-credits and then a sort of meditative thing at the end? I like this. You had to do this. That Bucky was starting to try and come to terms with his past. Because we've got this, right, a year and a half ago. And now we, then we've got Ant-Man, which at the end credits show him having been re captured or taken in maybe partially rehabbed by cap and uh and uh, sam wilson so he needed that transition and so brilliant casting great directing great writing um but the actors are really what make this and uh you know i really don't have a complaint honestly i, I mean just a big picture of the avengers movie i just the casting choices have been spot on in every case you know, when ca- characters get short drift a little bit, like Hawkeye in the first Avengers, they made him a huge part of uh, Avengers 2, and he's the heart of that movie. And Scarlet as Black Widow is just amazing. And like I said, I never thought <laughs> America would be my favorite or one of my favorite superheroes. I mean, he's my favorite on screen. Um, I think Wolverine is, is still up there. But I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, I will be speaking
1: to you soon and I will catch you on the flip side. Bizzle out.